Hello, my name is Michael Albert, and this is episode 131 of Revolution Z. This time our topic is No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World. No Bosses is the name of a book I have recently completed writing, which will become available early this coming fall. The publisher is Zero Book. No Bosses presents a participatory economy and some of its broader social and strategic implications as succinctly, but also, hopefully, as compellingly as I can. The book's content goes beyond past presentations that I have offered in various ways, but I believe it is also more cogent and clear. In short, I have to be honest, I like it, and I think it has potential. And because of that, I am going to work to get no bosses out as widely as I can, to facilitate and provoke, I hope, serious attention to the participatory economic vision beyond even what it has garnered in the past. To that end, I not only worked hard on the content, of course, but I have geared up, I suppose you might call it, to work hard on the book's promotion as well, harder than I have done for any other past book of mine. I hope those who are inclined to agree with participatory economic ideas will take it seriously. But I also hope those disinclined to agree with it will take it seriously as well. The book won't be available for a couple of months, but there are at least two components that I can convey in advance, one now and one in a couple of weeks. After that, perhaps I will also convey the introduction. At any rate, for now, the first that I can do now is a foreword for the book written by Yanis Varoufakis, with whom I have much in common but also diverse disagreements, as previous episodes of Revolution Z have revealed. The second is a foreword for the book written by Noam Chomsky, whose work you all are undoubtedly quite familiar with. So why offer these two forwards ahead of time on Revolution Z? Well, Many of you have heard or might now choose to hear a few or even many episodes of Revolution Z that address various facets of economic vision. So I am guessing that you might be particularly interested in what these two noted leftists have to say to introduce the forthcoming book, No Bosses. But also, in keeping with my working harder at promotion, I consider this my first stab, well before things get more active, to get some folks aware that the book is coming and perhaps interested in reading it. Providing the two forwards via Revolution Z also provides me a venue to comment just a little bit on the forwards, which is not something one does, or that I will do, in the book itself. Okay, so to start, here is Yanis's forward. Yanis writes, Markets may have spread everywhere, like a boisterous virus, from the realm of genes to space, but there are still oases out there not yet wholly inf infected. One is the family. Imagine that after an extended family dinner that has taken the parents enormous time and effort to organize, cook, and serve, their teenage daughter, Jill, responds to a request to help with the dishes with the question, Mom, Dad, because I can't be bothered, how much do you want to take the task off my hands? No price could ever compensate for the moral outrage that Jill's question will, one hopes, engender. But it is not just within family life where marketization and exchange value are a jarring dissonance. Imagine a bunch of passengers whose airplane crash-landed in a desert. Shaken but thirsty, they fan out in search of water. One of them, Jack, discovers an oasis complete with a water spring. What if he claims ownership rights over the spring and demands of his fellow survivors labor services in return for water, or even money and property transfers upon their return to civilization? Surely they have the right, indeed the duty, to ignore Jack and share the water. 
These common sense reactions to the logic of commodification are, today, exceptions to, and thus a sad reminder of, the stupendous triumph of the extractive powers of private property and their abstract form, money. Capitalism has succeeded in alienating us from our natural tendency, as a species, to do things cooperatively. This is why Michael Albert's new book, No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World, is such a breath of fresh air. It helps us retrieve from within ourselves the suppressed conviction shared by every human being that it is not all right to live under the tyranny of market forces weaponized by cunning bosses. Bossing people around, of course, predates capitalism by millennia. However, capitalism has achieved something quite remarkable. It has managed to disguise the most authoritarian variety of bullying, that is, the power of capital, into something that passes credibly as the exercise of freedom in a setting of equals. It has taken Jill's and Jack's outrageous behaviors and made them the norm, the mindset, the ideology of an ironclad global system that only extremists like us question. The problem with us extremists, that is, those of us critical of capitalism and other exploitative economic systems, is that we have concentrated too much on criticism of what is and avoided talking about what a post-capitalist structure worth fighting for ought to be like. Karl Marx notoriously refused to talk about communism, except in one-liners or vague terms, defending his silence by stating that it was his duty to demonstrate how capitalism's internal contradictions guarantee its transcendence, while it is the duty of the working class to decide what mode of production and distribution follows capitalism. This excuse for not coming up with a post-capitalist blueprint was one that I also hid behind for decades, until, in 2020, I ran out of excuses and came up with my own blueprint. And here, let me just add parenthetically, that he did so in a novel called Another Now, put out in New York by Melville House and in London by Penguin. However, Nanus continues, unlike us cowards who came late to the party, if at all, Michael Albert has been at it since the 1960s. Together with various fellow travelers, Robin Hinnell in particular, Michael has valiantly tried to answer the pivotal question, how can we scale up a cooperative collective approach that emerges as both common sense and justice in action in the two examples above, where Jill's and Jack's behavior expose the lunacy of commodification? It's a hard nut to crack. After the family dinner, what to do is obvious. Those who did little of the shopping, food preparation, decorating, serving, etc. should do the washing up and cleaning. As for the desert, anyone who disagrees with the right of the thirsty to share the water spring in the oasis should have their heads examined. But what happens when division of labor is necessary at a large scale? Or to paraphrase Lenin, by which decision-making process do we decide who tells whom what to do? Michael's book partly answers the question with its title. No bosses means no one tells anyone what to do from above, not owners or commissars. But how do things get done, comes the inevitable question. To answer it, Michael begins analytically, methodically, by first answering the question, how should things not get done? The first thing that we must never do, he says, is to accept Jack's sick idea that a minority with asymmetric private property rights, like the ones Jack demanded in the Oasis that he discovered, or even asymmetric work circumstances, get the right to boss the rest around. 
It is fine to own your own toaster and use it as you please, but it is not fine to own the industrial oven to which human laborers must be attached to produce others' daily bread. It is fine to have insights, knowledge, skills, and experience able to inform wise decision-making, but it is not fine for a fraction of the population to monopolize empowering conditions while the rest of the population simply obeys their commands. Michael calls this empowered group, who by circumstance, not by ownership, control outcomes, a coordinator class. And it is but one of the main themes of the book that to attain classlessness, we must not only remove the owner's ownership, but we must also disperse fairly the coordinator class's empowering tasks and roles by way of a new division of labor. This is not a book for readers wedded to the idea of privately owned factories, offices, and digital platforms. No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World, is a book for those of us who take for granted the need to end private property over the means of production, but who crave an answer to the question, how do we manage commonly owned resources and means of production? Before beginning to answer it, we need to dissect this question into two separate ones. First, how do we run a jointly owned and collectively operated firm or company to produce specific quantities and qualities of products and services? Second, who decides and how the quantity and quality of products and services to be produced by different firms? If a firm is to have no boss, capitalist, or what Michael calls coordinator, then all its workers must self-manage within a democratic framework. One way to do this is for a workers' assembly to elect decision-makers and to approve by majority voting the business plan these coordinators put to them. Michael rightly, I think, dismisses this because elected bosses are still bosses and will quickly amass the capacity, circumstances, and mindset to repress those they coordinate and to reproduce themselves as a class. His alternative is to propose self-organizing units that fulfill obligations to the rest of society as specified in an overarching plan arrived at by workers and consumers' councils, with to the extent possible, each worker having influence on matters that affect them in proportion to how they are affected, and with wages that reflect the relative unpleasantness of the work they do, the number of hours they wish to dedicate to the firm, and their intensity of effort. Keen to keep markets at bay, Michael extends what he calls his self-managing approach, which seems to me a form of radical contractarianism, to beyond the firm. So, he answers the broader question of who decides which goods and services different firms must produce in the same manner that he answers the question of how a firm produces given outputs. This, he proposes, should be accomplished via a cooperative negotiation among workplace and consumer councils who arrive at a plan that specifies how many bicycles, electric cars, etc. the firms capable of producing these things should produce should supply to the citizen consumers in light of proposals for what the population wishes to consume. In short, Michael proposes cooperatively negotiated plans, wherein firms and consumers settle on what must be produced and then self-manage choices by members of each firm and context of the firm's overarching responsibilities decide how these products will be manufactured. The bulk of No Bosses thus comprises Michael's discussion of the features of this participatory economic process, its implications on daily life more broadly, and, additionally, his response to anticipated criticisms. If one is adamant, like Michael, 
that markets should be driven to extinction, this version of anarcho-syndicalism is an attractive alternative, possibly the only one. In No Bosses, Michael gives a brilliant account of the best thinking along these lines, making it a must-read for anyone who is open not only to the eradication of private property of productive means, but also to the replacement of central planning and markets with a new form of allocation, one based on self-management, equity, and solidarity. Additionally, Michael argues that, in addition to addressing consumers' needs and desires, his proposals point to an efficient management of society's commons, including the ecological ones. As a reader who does not think that markets should be eradicated once means of production are socialized, I nonetheless found No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World, an invaluable guide to the possibilities and limits of an economic system which leaves no room to markets for the purpose of allocating scarce resources. As such, I feel we all have a debt of gratitude to Michael for taking to its logical limits the ambition to end all reliance on the price mechanism. Having said that, I remain skeptical regarding some of Michael's specific proposals. For example, the replacement of bosses with sequential bargaining negotiations, or the new type of division of labor he proposes, and especially the replacement of markets as means of connecting firms and consumers by worker and consumer decentralized planning that takes place within and between his proposed worker and consumer councils and federations of councils. While I see how Michael's proposed organization would rid workers of individual bosses and market pressures, I fear they may end up being bossed around by tyrannical majorities. Having, for instance, to seek the approval of a council before you are allowed to try out new things, either as a firm or as a worker within a firm, appears to me also as a form of oppression and an impediment to genuine innovation. Michael's book is, however, deliciously open-ended. He calls what he has offered not a blueprint, but a scaffold, on which future people, in light of future experiences, will add the details to arrive at a fully functioning economy. His aim is not so much that his vision becomes reality, as that a post-capitalist vision emerges that is sufficient to attract wide and deep support, to inform planting the seeds of the future and the present, and to guide efforts at change which are undoubtedly now a matter of life and death for everyone. In this context, Michael Scaffold seeks to provide the institutional features essential for classlessness, collective self-management, and equity. Michael wants future people to take his scaffold and add to it what is missing to create a functioning economy, without, however, compromising its fundamental principles. But it is at this point my questions and qualms return. Can this be done by relying exclusively on negotiated plans and without adding a price mechanism somewhere along the scaffold? Who decides how resources and fixed supply are to be distributed, for instance the current housing stock, agricultural land between different cooperatives? How is international trade to be conducted? Can this be done by relying exclusively on negotiated plans and without adding a price mechanism? If there is a role for money, what is it and who issues it? The seeds of answers to these questions are in no bosses, and I shall therefore leave it to you, dear reader, to assess and to develop them, as Michael wants you to do. So I conclude with the remark that, like Michael, I too yearn for a world in which we can live free of the tyranny of bosses and of market competition, a world in which Jules and Jack's mindsets are confined to the museum of human miseries. Michael's new book is a remarkable study of the economic arrangements necessary to achieve this today. 
even if I retain a hunch that, while we have a duty to eradicate bosses and private property immediately, markets will still have a role to play for quite some time. So that is Yanis's forward. Listeners will notice he has questions to explore. On some matters, I suspect it is just a communication problem. On other matters, I suspect it is real, but hopefully temporary disagreements. In any event, that there remain issues to consider is not a bad thing, and that is why Yanis and I have agreed to later this summer, or in early fall, do an extended exploration of our alternative approaches to economic vision. The idea is I will present participatory economics, and he will register questions and concerns, and I will reply, and do so again, and so on. And at the same time, he will, in another sequence, present his vision, and I will register questions and concerns, and he will reply, and do so again, and so on. And then, to conclude, we will each comment on the whole. Depending on the length, that too will likely make its way in whole or part to Revolution Z. Meanwhile, I hope you will hear the news about no bosses and develop an appetite for reading and assessing it, perhaps even for letting others know about it. By way of outline, Chapter 1 offers a short list of key vision-orienting values. Chapters 2 through 7 respectively address economic non-ownership via participatory commons, self-managed decision-making via workers and consumers' councils and federations of councils, a classless division of labor via balanced job complexes, equitable remuneration, the ills of markets and central planning, and finally, the logic and defining features of new participatory planning. Chapter 8 then considers how our proposed economic vision might intersect new vision for community, kinship, political, international, and ecological relations. Chapter 9 offers a bit of strategy, a bit of tactics, and a bit of mindset. And a final tenth chapter more personally assesses and situates the whole discussion. Maybe after I offer the introduction on Revolution Z, I can pre-present that to you as well. Only a few people have received an early PDF. They have offered some comments. At risk of terminal self-service, and remember, I did say I'm going to promote this book to the hilt more than I have ever done before, even to the point of being pushy about it. Here is what some early readers have had to say. Ron Daniels replied, After Sanders and Black Lives Matter, amidst COVID and global warming, many ask, what's next? Michael Albert's new book, No Bosses, proposes an answer for economics from self-managed decision-making to balanced work and from equitable incomes to ending class division. No Bosses should be widely read as we assess the way forward in this unprecedented moment in the history of this nation. Bill Fletcher replied, What I love about Michael Albert's works is that they are about vision and about the possible. He does not argue whether the future that he proposes is probable, but rather insists that it is necessary. His latest book, No Bosses, accomplishes just that and is a delight to read. Kathy Kelly replied, Michael Albert firmly rejects capitalism, often through bluntly questioning its basic tenets. Why should people who already have so much be entitled to get more? Why not admire and pursue excellence and expertise without rewarding it with undue material wealth or social power? The arguments in No Bosses go well beyond iconoclasm. Seriously and carefully, Albert aims to create a framework, a scaffold, for a worthy economic vision. Building on three decades of research, he describes participatory economics with enjoyable candor, raising as many questions as he answers and inviting readers to set cynicism aside. My advice, equip yourself with a big why not and give this vision plenty of attention. 
Medea Benjamin replied, Michael Albert's Snow Bosses is easy reading, thanks to his unique, folksy style, but heavy thinking. Be ready to challenge your own narrow view of the possible. I recommend that after every sentence, paragraph, or chapter that has you saying, nice idea, but it just won't work, remind yourself that the present system doesn't work. Unless, of course, you think Jeff Bezos deserves to make $10 million an hour and the climate crisis is not an existential threat. So read it with delight at the creative ways we can organize ASAP to sweep Mr. Moneybags into the dustbin of history and create the new, equitable, participatory, empowering, and sustainable world that we want to live in. Ezekiel Adamowski replied, Michael Albert has devoted his life to recreating visions and a strategy towards a better future. No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World, offers a refined, compelling argument in favor of a non-capitalist participatory economics. His vision is of utmost importance for people and social movements struggling for a better world. Nikos Raptis replied, Michael Albert has the courage and the background to propose solutions to the multitude of our social problems in his new book, No Bosses. Also, he has the life experience to suggest, don't just cling and curse, swim. For this, he uses one of the most important words in our social vocabulary, resist. Resistance, in essence, is a moral act. Also, we do not resist alone. We resist together with our neighbor, or as he puts it, all people share responsibilities. Jeremy Brecker replied, Tired of working for a boss, but don't want just to trade your boss for a new boss? Tired of living in a system run by bosses, but don't want to swap it for a system run by other bosses? Take a look at Michael Albert's No Bosses, A New Economy for a Better World. You'll have a hard time finding a better guide to moving from capitalism to a genuinely free, equal, and participatory economy. And finally, some guy named Bezos offered this. Albert is insane. Get rid of owners, institute workers and consumers self-managing councils, establish a new division of labor, provide equitable remuneration, adopt participatory planning. Good Lord, we'll all starve. You need me. You all can't make it without me. Competition is essential. Markets are eternal. To the victor must go the spoils. To the rest must go whatever I pay you. Do whatever I tell you. It is for your own good. I am the way. Forget Albert's participatory nonsense. Buy Amazon. Celebrate Amazon. There is no better alternative. Okay, I made up the last comment from the hypothetical guy named Bezos, but you get the idea. More will be coming, and that said, this is Michael Albert, signing off until next time for Revolution Z.